Hey, Subi fam. Welcome to the first episode of 2022. So what better way to start off 2022 than with an episode of Subi and You. I hope everybody had a great weekend celebrating the new year and getting through the holiday season in general. For those of you that are having to go back to work today, this week, like me, I'm sorry because (laughs) I did not want to go back to work, but I guess we have to. So what better way to kick it off, though, than with an episode of the Subi and You podcast? And as you can see by the title, I have Overlanding RT, who also goes by John. That's the actual person. And uh, we will be listening to his episode here in just a little bit. But wanted to let you know that I am making some changes with the podcast this year. As you heard, there's some intro music this time, and it's uh, at the very beginning. It's different than what I did before, so the intro and outro music is going to be new. It's going to be a song that my son did, and I wanted to include that on every episode moving forward. The other change that I did, as you will see on the podcast app that you were listening on, I changed the cover image to try and better represent the community as a whole. So I did the best that I could with that. I just wanted to do something a little bit different and try to make it more inclusive. But, you know, it's just a cover image. So the podcast is not about the cover image. The podcast is about all of you. And it's about the community. And it's about talking to people and finding out about their builds and what makes them so passionate about being a Subaru owner and being a part of this community. And also I will continue to talk to more businesses as we go throughout this year. I'm also very excited that we made it through a whole year. And so now we're starting off with a brand new year. So we will see what exciting things will come with the podcast. We'll have obviously more guests, we'll have more businesses, and who knows what else. Who knows what else this new year will bring, but I'm very excited about it. I'm so glad that everybody has stuck around and that more people have shown up to listen to the podcast and share it and enjoy this amazing journey and this experience with me and with everybody else. So we will get into this episode with John here in a little bit. But before that, of course, we have to take care of some business. This episode is brought to you by Melee Design Firm. Melee Design Firm is your battery and battery mount specialist. So go check them out on MeleeDesignFirm.com. Check out the Subaru products on their website. Also, you can get some Melee merch. And they also are distributors of other products as well. Give them a follow on Instagram at Melee Design Firm. Also, go check out their media company, Melee Media. And give them a follow also and see what kind of awesome things they are doing within the rally community. Thanks again, Melee Design Firm, for being a sponsor of the Subi and You podcast. This episode is also brought to you by the Subaru Gear Store. Subaru Gear Store is where you can get all of your Subaru branded merch, like hats, t-shirts, refillable water bottles, zip-up jackets, hoodies, and all sorts of other goodies. So go check out SubaruGear.com and you can click on the Shop Give Back Brands. Subaru Gear is proud to offer gear from companies that allow Subaru to spread the love and share the Subaru love promise. So you can go browse those brands as well while you're checking out the SubaruGear.com website. And when you get to checkout, don't forget to put in the promo code SUBIANU to get 15% off of your order. You also get free shipping with that 
promo code as well. So go shopping today and get all the merch you need to help rep your favorite car company brand and show your Subaru pride. Hey, if you saw my post from last Wednesday on Wheel Wednesday, you may have seen that I posted some new wheels that I'm sporting, that Pearl is sporting. And those wheels are extremely beautiful. Those are the Tetons by Rika VS. So if you haven't gone to check out Rika VS yet, you definitely should. They have some amazing wheels for Subarus. They are also the most recent sponsor of the Subianu podcast. And Rika is on the pursuit of adventure. Rika is committed to providing customers with the highest quality specialized wheels and lift kits that will allow you to travel further, experience new adventures, and discover extraordinary destinations like many of you out there are doing already. And what better way to continue those adventures than with a new set of Rika VS wheels? Rika wants to make sure that you are ready for anything wherever adventure takes you. You can make a bold statement with your Subaru by choosing the right style, finish, and size from Rika's new wheel collection. Rika's Flowform wheels, both lightweight and durable, are of the highest quality and built to satisfy the requirements of adventure enthusiasts, like many of you. Rika lift kits raise your Subaru to protect the vehicle's underbody from damage while off-roading. The lift kits were also designed to increase the vehicle ride height in order to accommodate larger tires while maintaining the factory ride quality and alignment. The quest for adventure begins with you, and Rika is what gets you there. So check out RikaVS.com today and get your set of new wheels or lift kit. Also, don't forget to use the code SUBI and U10 to get 10% off of your order. That's SUBI ampersand U and the number 10. All right, here we go with the first episode of the SUBI and U podcast for 2022 with Overlanding RT, a.k.a. John. Let's get into this and hear all about his build and a crazy story he has to tell. to get this thing going and uh <laughs> this will be this is your fifth appearance on the podcast because you did the original right. soft road nation then you hopped yeah. in for body armor and then right. you did the um tribute to chris and then you did the soft road nation one year anniversary oh, yeah. See? and damn. now it's all about john damn lucky me i know here we go <laughs> Overlanding RT, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, not everybody know is going to know who you are. I mean, I'm sure most people listening, well, a lot of people will know who you are. But tell us a little bit about yourself and what part of the country you live in. Right on. So, uh, my name is John. I go by Overlanding underscore RT. Um, the RT stands for respiratory therapist, which is my, uh, career choice that oh, I have. Okay. Um, I live in Southern California, um, uh, which is, I live in Menifee, which is in the Temecula, Murrieta area. Um, and I have a long history of, uh, just loving cars and working on cars, um, doing, I came from an import tuner world, 
um, and street bikes and stuff to off-roading. And, you know, I came from off-roading bigger trucks. I used to, you know, have a big F-150 and, uh, <laughs> and I, I had, I used to have a Jeep. So I've, I've, I've kind of had a lot of different off-roading vehicles and, um, yeah. So that's, and here I am now with the Subaru Forester. Yeah. So how did you go from that to end up wanting to get a Subaru and then why a Forester? So, all right. Um, I, the first time, I mean, I've always known of Subarus, but obviously the same as everybody like STIs and WRXs. Um, I actually went on this crazy weekend off-road um, overlandings like in the mountains and we did a bunch of switchbacks up in Big Bear um, and we're talking like big big dog switchbacks like with Tacomas and Forerunners and Jeeps um, and when I went up there with you know this big group um, so it's called SoCal Overland okay. so California Overland Group or something like that um, there was these two little Subarus um, <laughs> with, with this entire group of like big big time off-roading rigs. Um, but there was, it was, uh, what was it? It was like a old school. I don't want to say old school, but maybe like a, it was an older forester. I don't remember what kind it was. And then the other one was a cross track. Right. So of course everybody with big rigs is laughing and they're like, yeah, these dudes <laughs> are going to get stuck. Like, you know, it was raining. So it was, you know, and I'm telling you, these switchbacks are crazy. So, anyways, fast forward a little bit. We we did all like all the we did. I think like seventy something miles of switchbacks over the, the wow. weekend, um, and a lot of technical off roading. These Subarus did not get stuck. They went through everything that everybody else went through. We had, um, you know, like I said, some Forerunners and Tacomas. There was a uh, the discoveries, the Land Rover discoveries were there. Yeah. Everybody, some, you know, most, a lot of people were fine, but there was a couple people that got stuck and these Subarus, like nothing. They, they went through every obstacle that we went through. Zero problems. That is so, awesome. Yeah. So from that point forward, I was like, wow, like I, I talked to the dudes, I was checking out their rigs. It had some pretty basic stuff. Like they, you know, a lift with some tires and then they had some traction boards. Like they didn't have crazy roof racks and all that stuff. Um, you know, they slept in the cars, you know? Um, so it was cool. It was cool to see that. So I work in San Diego. So for me, it's about an hour commute. So, um, having a big F-150, I was, you know, filling up. <laughs> yeah. That's day. a lot of gas. <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot. So, you know, I talked to the wife and I said, Hey, you know what? I think it's, I'm going to get rid of the truck and, and get a brand new car, but like maybe a nice little commuter. So I decided to get a Subaru because I was, I was so impressed with like how they did. Plus they're all wheel drive. So then I told my wife like, Hey, I want to get a cross track. So I went to the dealer initially to get a cross track. Um, but like after test driving it and checking it out, I was just, I just felt like they were super underpowered and I, I wasn't Man, digging this thing it. is slow. Yeah. So pretty much that's how it went down. I was like, wow, this thing is super slow. So we were coming back from the test drive and we pulled in and then I saw a silver forester, um, a sport. 
had the orange trim and everything. And as I was pulling in, I stopped in front of it and I looked at the sales guy. I was like, what is that right there? Yeah. He goes, that's a, he's like, that's a forester. Um, that, that model is a sport. And I was like, okay. So I, I put the cross truck in park and I said, let me see before I go park this thing. Let me check it out. So he's like, yeah, he's like, hop out, man. I'll, I'll go park this. So he went and parked it. I was checking it out. And I was like, wow, this thing looks nice. I was like, it's, it's sporty. Had the black wheels. I was like, yeah, like, uh, okay. So then I was like, I want to test drive this. So we went for a test drive and I was digging it. It had decent power compared to the Crosstrek. Um, it had plenty of space. You know, I have, I have a dog or I, now I have two, but I had dogs, you know, I have two kids and a wife. So I was like, this is perfect. This is perfect for adventure. We can camp. We can throw a rooftop tent up there. It was, you know, as I was driving, the, the salesman turned around. He goes, look, man, I'm not trying to sell you on the car. He's like, but honestly, this fits you way better than that Crosstrek. So I was like, yeah, I want it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it fits me too. Yeah, so I I didn't buy it that day, but um I ended up buying it I think maybe a week later because I I just wasn't sure, but it was just it was on my mind and I was like, yeah, I think that's that's the one. So so yeah, so I I I bought it through um the Subaru dealer out here completely through Instagram and text messages. Didn't even go to the dealership, even delivered it and took my my truck for me. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so then, uh, that's, that's how I got the Subaru. So, but isn't yours a crystal white pearl? It is. It is. So, when <laughs> so you I, had a silver <laughs> one? <laughs> no. So I never, I never got the silver one. Oh, okay. Um, I test drove the silver one and then I, I told them right off the bat, like, I want a white one. Um, because okay, you know, gotcha. I, I wanted a white car. Like my, my F-150 that I had was like a, a burgundy reddish color. Yeah. So I, I wanted white, um, just because it, I knew it would hide scratches pretty good and stuff like that. Cause already, I, I already, already planning to get yep, scratches, huh? <laughs> uh, I already knew that I was going to do stuff to it. So I know a lot of people like, are like, Oh, I, I bought a Subaru and I, I never planned on doing anything. I don't ever buy a car without knowing what its future holds yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and i knowing who i am i've never had a car that's been stock so as soon as as soon as i decided i was gonna buy it i already knew i was gonna do something to it i didn't know what but yeah. i knew for sure i was like i know for sure i'm gonna put some some wheels and you know or or tires at least and and i was gonna put a little baby lift or something just to you know add to the adventures i knew that much yeah you know? So what so, yeah. what year is it and what trim level? It is a sport. Yeah, so I have the 2020 um sport and it it's the third they have three options. So this is a third option sport that has the uh the Harman Kardon sound system, the big screen nice. navigation and all that stuff, um the electric tailgate. Um so yeah. So that's the third option, I think. There's like a base, a base sport, and then a mid, and then there's this one. Okay. So, but this is my second Forester. What? Because the first one I got was the base sport, and uh -huh. I flipped it eight days after what? buying it from the dealer. 
<laughs> what the heck, man? How'd you flip it? Yeah. Did you like roll off a cliff or something? Uh, yeah, I, I launched it off of a 75-foot embankment off the side of the freeway. Are you because, serious? Yeah, absolutely, man. I was driving from San Diego. It was, you know, late at night. Um, I was feeling a little drowsy, but, you know, I was trying to stay awake. And I was like, okay, this Subaru has this awesome eyesight mode. And to my knowledge... <clears throat> the car drove itself, right? Never tested it. I'm just going to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, <laughs> wasn't planning on taking a nap, but I put it on just so I can kind of like, okay, like, let me grab some gum. Let me do this. So I can kind of like try to wake up. Well, next thing I knew was I fell asleep and I woke up to what I thought was, you know, I, I hit something. You know, I just, I heard some loud cracks and I was like, oh, smack. Like I just, I just crashed. Oh man! And then uh, I was like, "Shit!" And when the car stopped, like I immediately, like you know, all the lights were on, and um, and then the the Starlink came on, or, or whatever that is that we have. Um, and somebody came over, and they're like, you know, we got a notification. You might have been in an accident. I said, "Yeah, I just crashed." Um, and they're like, "Okay, um, are you okay?" I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm all fine." They're like, "Where are you?" I was like, "I have no idea." So then I opened. <laughs> I opened the car door and it was pitch black. And I was like, wow, like, where am I? You know, I was on the freeway. There's no way it would be this dark. And then (laughs) I hear this, like, in the distance, like, hey, are you okay? And I was like, what? And I I started looking around. What are you doing way up there? (laughs) Yeah, I happened to look up, man. and, And I saw, like, these two tiny little lights, like phone lights. And there was, like, these two girls. I'm like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I think so. Like <laughs> then I realized I I went down the embankment, right? So to my knowledge, I was like, all right, cool. Like I must have just obviously I fell asleep. I must have just drove down the embankment. I didn't realize how steep it was until I had to like run up the embankment to wait for the you know for law enforcement and fire to come yeah. to help me out. And uh and I was like, okay, like you know, I was pretty banged up, like you know, my head was like all like, oh man, like I feel like I hit my head, like my shin was hurting. And then like I looked down, I, you know, I had some blood coming out like on my shin, like it was just, you know, some bruising. And then uh, I was like, wow, like I can't believe I fell asleep behind the wheel. So <laughs> the the tow truck, you know, they pulled it out, but it was it was late at night. So, you know, I, I, I didn't see them pulling it. You know, we were doing all the police report and all that stuff. Well, the next day when I went to go release the vehicle for my insurance and get my stuff out, I, I walked to the tow yard and I saw the car and it was, <laughs> it was, happened? it looked like a smart car, man. It was smashed in from the front and back. Oh my God. Like all that was left was like the two doors. And then the ceiling was like smashed down. And I looked at the guy and I was like, Oh shoot, dude. Like, do you think I, I like rolled the car? <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, he goes, bro, you flipped it. And I was like, what do you mean I flipped it? He goes, no, you went head to toe. Oh and my he, God. He showed me, he showed me how, you know, you know, how it would like, you know, obviously how it looked like when, when I flipped and he showed me like the point of impact on the front, on the rear. And yeah. So just picture it exactly like that. Like I, I, 
dove off of the the embankment and nose dove down and as that hit it flipped me doing basically like doing a somersault and i don't know how many times i flipped but i landed on all four tires like a cat and i was okay (laughs) (laughs) and that is crazy yeah you learn something new every day yeah i I knew nothing of this we've been talking (laughs) for like for over a year (laughs) i don't yeah i don't i don't tell very many people I, I know a lot of people that are close to us in the community know about it and we have had like certain conversations about it and because uh, usually when people get a new force or a new Subaru and they have the eyesight and they're excited I always tell them uh, don't use it when you're sleepy and then that story will come out <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh well you're telling a lot of people now <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I definitely want people to know um <laughs> it, it took me a while to to uh be okay with the situation like what happened but um yeah it was it was crazy so well, well, i'm so glad you're okay say, yeah thank you well you know what honestly if it wasn't for the forester i i swear to you i probably would have died um or or been in really bad shape um i was very lucky that i walked out with a super mild concussion and just bruising and stuff like that no major injuries the the forester legit saved my life. And that's why I bought the second one. Cause my wife was like, yo, you're not buying anything else like that. That wow. saved your life. So you, you, you know, you're going to have to replace the car, but you're going to get another Subaru. So, <laughs> so that's, that's why I got the second one. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty amazing. I mean, that's just another huge Testament to Subaru's safety, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, I, you know, I, I knew that Subarus are safe, but, you know, after that happened, like, then I realized, like, you know, I started looking at the safety features, like, because I, I didn't buy the car for the safety features. I bought the car. I didn't either. Drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I know. I didn't even know about the uh, safety until I started yeah, doing this podcast. Yeah, exactly. But they are amazingly safe, obviously, number one in its class, for sure. Um, Subaru made, you know, an amazing car to keep people safe. And, you know, I've definitely seen that firsthand yeah so. you witnessed it you lived it <laughs> yeah i lived it yeah well you didn't witness it but you you saw it afterwards <laughs> yeah i definitely didn't witness it so but yeah so there, there you go that's the, the the story i think i'm gonna rearrange like the um i'm gonna cut up this episode and the first thing people are gonna hear is i launched my subaru off an embankment. <laughs> think of like what subaru's launch <laughs> All right. Well, now I don't have any more questions. Thank you. Right. Okay. Podcast is over. Thank you. <laughs> now, so I mean, you you know, you said you wanted the crystal white pearl. I mean, was were you dead set on getting the white because you said that's what you wanted? But I mean, were there were there any other colors in consideration at all? Um, I I mean, yeah, I was kind of considering the silver that they had, um, only because it was pretty close to the white, but. I was kind of hard set on not getting a silver one because I've owned a lot of silver cars throughout my, my lifetime. So, um, well, and you said it hides their scratches. Yeah. And I mean, silver does a pretty good job too, but yeah, I think I, I just really wanted a white pearl car because I've never owned a white pearl car in my life. (laughs) Yeah. And that pearl is nice that the way it sparkles. It's very nice. So I'm, I'm guessing when you bought it, the first one <laughs> you didn't know anything about the Subaru community other than probably talking to those two guys out on the trails, huh? 
Yeah, definitely not. Um, I definitely had no idea like how big it is or, or especially like the off-road Subaru community. I definitely didn't know anything about that at all whatsoever. Matter of fact, to, to be honest with you, when I bought my Forester, I, I wasn't on social media. My wife and I had cut out social media years years before that. Um, so we had zero social media, period. And now you um, run Soft Road Nation. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big social media platform. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult thing for me, man. I'm a I, I'm a very private person. Um, you know, and so the social media thing has never been like my it's never been big for me. Um, especially when I was in the military, a lot of things were on the hush hush so you know yeah social media was a no-go and then like i said my wife and i decided for our family like social media was probably the worst thing because it's nothing but drama and craziness so we we kind of did away with social media but the only reason i got an instagram was because i was getting the forester and i and i you know i talked to eric and i said hey uh because i'm getting this forester i i I think i'm gonna just restart an instagram and and uh just to get ideas, see what people are doing with theirs. And, you know, she was like, yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to do, then go ahead. And, and essentially I, I restarted it once I bought the car just to kind of get some ideas, you know? Yeah. Because if you, so, if you knew that you already wanted to do something with it, it's like, yeah. you know, you got to try to find a way to reach out to other people to get tips and advice. So, yeah, so how did exactly. you start connecting with people? Like, do you, do you remember like some of the first people you connected with? Yeah, so honestly, um, the only because, like I said, I'm very private. The only person I ever connected with was Eric, which is EJC Ride Forester. Which yeah. Obviously, everyone knows him. Everyone follows him first. He's <laughs> like one of the first guys to get a Forester. He's the godfather of Foresters, and this is why everyone knows him in the in the Subaru community. But um, you know, I typed up you know, Forrester, I think on Instagram and he's one of the first ones that came up for that year, you know, for our year. Yeah. And I, I was, you know, checking out his, his rig and I was like, Oh, this is nice. And it was clean. And, you know, he didn't have all the stuff he has on now, but, um, you know, he had wheels and tires and then, uh, a basket up top. So then I was like, yo, I like, that's the look I want. You know, I like that. So he's the first one I, I, I started to follow. And then, I hit him up and I asked him a couple questions, um, real basic questions. And then, um, he was super friendly. And then, um, from there he started, he invited me to a little off-road meetup that was here by my house. Um, and then, so I was like, yeah, sure. Like, why not? Like, you know, I told my wife, like, Hey, I'm going to go to this event. Like, you know, and then she was supposed to go with me, but you know, she didn't make it, but yeah. Um, I, so I ended up going and I met up with Eric and then that's where I met Chris. That's the first time I met oh, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, that's, that's how, how it all started. So I just have to ask, like, what was your first impression of Chris? So, uh, <laughs> same as everybody else's, to be honest with you, man, I, I pulled up to the little meeting spot, which was like a gas station right down the street from the event. And the first person that pulled up was Chris. He, I, the stories that everyone tells is 100% accurate. He pulled up, windows down, Wu-Tang blaring, <laughs> and he just pulled in with his loud-ass exhaust, and he reversed next to me. 
he looked at me through a peace sign and he was like what's up and i was like <laughs> hey what's going on man like so then he's like not nah, nothing so then he got out of the car and then you know i got out i introduced myself he introduced himself and we were just chit-chatting just kind of you know talking and then uh and then you know eric showed up with another guy with cecil cecil rolled up that's oh, I, nice. I met cecil for the first time too Go uh, cecil and Liz. yeah yeah so they both Sweet. pulled up you know because they knew they knew eric already so um yeah so that was my first encounter in, in the subaru community for sure the, the three of them or the four of them that's a great encounter yeah it wasn't bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like um when did you start getting into, you know, doing mods and like, what was the first mod that you ended up doing? So I think the first time, as soon as I bought the car, I think I bought, I like the next day I ordered a, a roof basket, which I think I got it on Amazon. It was at, um, what is it? That max, uh, max hall, max house. Yeah. Max yeah. hall. Yeah. I was like, yo, 80 bucks hell yeah so then i <laughs> bought it and then it came came in the mail and then i i threw it on the forester and then when i flipped the first one <laughs> um you know and they were pulling it up the, the hill basket I survived the basket was hanging it was hanging oh. <laughs> on for dear life but it was hanging so when i went to get my stuff out of the car i was like hey where's my roof basket and they're like uh Oh, there was no roof basket. And I was like, damn, these damn liars. And I think they jackknoted me. Oh, man. Because when I saw it, it was still intact. It was, yeah. But it was just holding on by one bracket. So, <laughs> but then I was like, okay, you know, benefit of the doubt, maybe it fell off when they were pulling the car out of the ditch, you know, and I was like, maybe mm -hmm. it's still on the side of the freeway. So when I bought the second one, that was, I replaced it. That was my first mod again. Yeah. It was the basket. And, uh, and that's all Erica allowed me to get at that time. And she's like, you know, <laughs> um, because you flipped the first one, she's like, you need to not buy anything for this car for a while to make sure everything is going to be okay. Yeah. And then she's like, I'll let you buy your basket. And then that's it. So I was like, okay, cool, cool. So same thing, second car, first mod basket. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, Yeah. So, um, so who were, I mean, obviously Eric was one of your influences, but were there some other influences in, in so the stuff that you started doing with your build? Um, yeah, you know, a lot of the, the, the influences I had were from the older foresters, um, because obviously our, our, our generation of foresters didn't have anything out for it. Um, you know, so for us, it was really basic stuff, but I was I was looking at older foresters, um, which is the the model right before us, which you know Printu makes a rack for it, and yeah, I so I I had already seen the rack. Um, I had seen oh, so Jay Breezy is one of the guys I I was following, Justin, which he has the SJ, um, and he has one of the the Rotopax mounts on the side that comes down, you know, along the rear window. Yeah, with the roto packs, um, you know, he had his lift and tires. He's got he had his skid plates and all that stuff. So, so he's really one of the guys that I looked at. But of course, it wasn't our model year. Um, and then of course Eric. And then um, once I met Chris, and I was like, oh, you know, Chris had a really nice setup too. You know, he had his lift. Um, 
you know, obviously basic stuff, skid plates, and then he had his big old rhino basket. Um, so, so yeah, those are pretty much like the only ones I kind of saw that I kind of started like, okay, like then I would just, I would honestly, I would Google, I would Google Forrester or, um, you know, hooked up Foresters or lifted Foresters. And I would kind of look to see what everybody else was doing. Yeah. And I really just kind of saw things that I liked and then try to see if people made that press, which of course they didn't, you know? So, you know, we worked hard to, <laughs> yeah. to get where we're at today. So, but yeah, the, I, the, those were probably the first guys I started following in the community. So what would you say has like been the most challenging mod since you said that there's not a lot of stuff made for yours? Um, honestly, so I would say the most challenging mod was getting that, the roof rack. Yeah. Um, you know, after talking to Eric and Chris and we were all emailing Prinsu and, and, uh, Prinsu basically told us, no, they said, no, your, your, your forester year is not marketable for us and there's no money to be made. And they told us that numerous times. Um, and we kept trying and trying and we tried to change our mind and they just basically told us to F off. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So then, uh, that's how we met Joe and Joe was working or already trying to work with tiger with spider reef rack to, to see if he'd be down to make us a rack. So he, he spearheaded that. And, and then, so we, that's how we got involved with the reef rack thing, which was, he was like, yeah, he's going to make one. Um, he already makes them for the tundras and, and he was like, I, I convinced him to do one for us. So then I was, you know, jumping in on a group bike. Cause I was like, yo, that's, the number one thing I want for my for my rig, you know, I was like, that's why I bought the basket because I wanted a rack. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So, can you do like a little rundown of of your mods that you have on it? Now? Yeah, let's see, let's see. I try to make a little list, but I was like, I'm sure I'll forget things. So, yeah, um, okay. so we'll we'll start from the bottom up. So, right now, I currently have my Rika wheels. Um, and you know, they're wrapped in the Falcon all terrain tires. Mm -hmm. They're, um, and then moving my way up, I have, um, the flat out suspension. So I have a custom four inch, uh, coil over suspension that flat out made for me and Neil. Nice. Um, you know, we gave him the specs and he said it was, you know, that he would do it for us. So then, you know, I have right now it's sitting at, uh, I want to say three inches. I haven't pushed it all the way up to four. Um, I just wanted to break it in when I got it. And then now I've just been lazy to lift it the additional inch. Um, so we have the flat out <laughs> suspension. Um, I do have the rally tech, um, subframe spacers. Um, I have the LP rock sliders, the, um, skid plates. So I have the primitive racing full underbody skid plates. Nice. Um, that's important. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, working my way up, I have the LP ditch lights. Um, the rig is, I have now converted to all the spider lights that he has. Oh, that's um, cool. All around. So the ditch lights, I have the bumper lights, and then the little one by twos all the way around. Um, and those are all powered or, you know, controlled with the trigger controller. So I have the six shooter trigger controller. Um, I have the ultimate nine throttle, um, what is it? The, the throttle freaking yeah, yeah. module. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. You know which one it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then, 
you know, of course, I have my spider no drill roof rack, um, Iron Man 4x4 awning, and then I have the spider um, recovery board mounts with the Crazy Beaver shovel mounted on there. What else do I have? I have the Molly panels in the rear windows, like inside. And then yeah. I also have the Rotopax mounts on the exterior of each rear window with the Rotopax, you know, the gas and water. Uh, so, oh, um, the body armor front bumper, the Highline bumper. Yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah, and then I have the worn winch um, with that. I do have the nameless exhaust, and then I do have my Midland um, MXT 275 radio installed. And then, uh, what else? I have, you know, first aid kits and trauma packs inside um, on the seat molly panels. And I think that's pretty much it. Um, Sounds like a pretty good build to me. Yeah, it's not too bad, huh? (laughs) No. So uh, how did you, so your most recent kind of, um, I guess, connection has been with the Rika wheels. How did you get into that? Yeah, so Rika, um, so Rika kind of came as a surprise to me from Chris. So before Chris passed away, um, he was working, he was in communications with Rika already. Um, he didn't want to say anything to me because I was usually the guy that did the, uh, the communication with vendors and try to get like group sponsors for Software Nation. Um, or like if I got a my own personal sponsor, I tell them like, hey, like you know, I just got this. Like you should hit them up too. And we would kind of do that back and forth. But I was mainly the uh, the vendor communication guy with with us here at Software Nation. So yeah, he wanted it. He wanted he went rogue. <laughs> <laughs> he went on his own. Yeah. Um, and he was already talking to Rika and and you know Dalen, the marketing manager, and Greg, um, the other marketing guy from. Uh, from Rika, and he was trying to work a deal to get us both sponsored and then eventually moved to getting software nation sponsored. Nice. Um, and then one day we were talking in our software nation chat with, you know, the rest of the software nation people. And, uh, it, it came out, <laughs> something <laughs> happened. Oh, oh no. cause we were, we were getting ready for our one year anniversary. That's what it was. And, uh, and Chris is like, Oh, He's like, hey, John, like somebody wants, somebody's coming out. A vendor is going to come out to our event. They want to meet with me and you. And I was like, oh, okay. And then like, you know, Dan, you know, was on the, on the chat and he was like, well, who is it? What is it? Don't hide things. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then of course, Chris told me, he's like, it's Rika, you know, Rika VS, their wheels. And then he's like, surprise, I was working on a sponsorship for you and I. So I was like, wow, like that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. So fast forward, you know, two weeks and Chris passed away. So, you know, when we decided to continue on with our one year event, I I remembered, I was like, oh crap. Like Chris, Chris said that, you know, that these guys were trying to come out to meet us and, and talk to us. So um, aside from, you know, doing damage control with like, you know, the family, I, I told Lori I would I would hit up all his sponsors and and talk to everyone that he was involved with to let them know what happened so then yeah. they weren't expecting you know his posts or they weren't expecting things from him you know so um 
I remember that he was working with Rika, so I reached out to them. And I, I think I was talking to Greg, which is the marketing IG guy. And I, I told him what happened. And, you know, he, they gave me their condolences and, you know, and we left it at that. And then I hit them up later on. I was like, oh, crap. Like, I, I forgot that, you know, Chris had said that one of your guys was coming out. And uh, so, you know, talking to Greg, he was like, oh, um, let me talk to Bruno because Bruno was supposed to go out there. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't know these guys. I didn't know who I was talking to. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know who Bruno is, but. So needless to say, they didn't make it out to the event, but um, shortly after they reached out to me and they're like, hey, you know, our apologies, something came up, we weren't able to make it. And then I was like, oh, all good. You know, it was it was a good time. It was, you know, we turned it into a memorial for Chris and, and it was it was great. I'm glad we did it. Um, but then Greg told me like, hey, uh, Bruno is looking for a Subaru still if you want to hit him up, like hit him up and see, you know, what he needs. You know, he's like, I know Chris was already trying to work with us for you guys. So maybe you can hit him up and see. So I was like, okay. So I hit up Bruno and that's basically how we got started. And Bruno still wanted to work with us. So basically instead of me and Chris both getting sponsored, I, I had to, you know, do a loan. So, um, yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, that's, that's where we, we started. And, um, Bruno, Greg, and I, I met the whole team uh, other than the owner. The owner wasn't there when I went, but, um, you know, their thing is they, they needed a Subaru for Overland Expo West yep. for Arizona. Um, he asked me if I wanted to do it. And at that time I had just finished my contract with Icon Wheels or yeah, Icon Wheels. Um, so I told him, I was like, yeah, I can definitely, you know, I, I wasn't looking for free wheels. I, I told him, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, you can use my car, throw your wheels on there. And then, and I even asked him, I was like, do you, you know, I'll, I'll give them back to you after the event. And then he was like, no man, like we'll give you the wheels and they're yours. And I was wow. like, what? And he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like this is, you know, it's, this is what we're going to do. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, awesome. Yeah. So, you know, he just asked me, like, you know, what what kind of things did you have to do for Icon for your sponsorship? And this, this, and that. Like, where did you have a contract? Were you strict? And were they strict? And, I, I you know, I gave him the rundown on how it ran. And he's like, okay. Like, so he gave me their expectations. Um, and I told him, I was like, well, if, if you're giving me wheels, man, like, I'm, uh, I'll, you know, I'll ride or die for you, bro. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll do whatever, sure I post, man. Yeah, I'll post pictures for you. I'll, you can take my car to whatever event you need. Like. Like that's how that's how a sponsorship works. You know, I'm here for you. You're here for me. So, but the Rika team has been amazing, uh, an amazing group to work with, and they support me. They support Software Nation, um, you know, and our events and and anything that they can. Um, you know, obviously you saw, you heard Bruno mention not too long ago about the Reese across America. Yeah, that you know, they, is amazing. Yeah, they and I was. Yeah, I was almost in tears when I saw that, when I got the email and I was, you know, just like Bruno said, I, I wrote Dalen and I said, is this okay if I post this? Like, because people want, people need to know like who our vendors are in our community and like yeah. who's in our community. And I want them to, to know them for who they are and not the products that they sell, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It was, uh, it was awesome talking to him and hearing 
all the stuff that yeah. they that they want to do and that they don't want to just be a, a wheel company. You know, they they no, yeah. are very involved in the community and that's what they want to be known for. And that's like those yeah. are the kind of people that you want to work with. Oh, absolutely. That is one hundred percent the kind of people I want to work with. Yep. Yeah. So uh with all these mods and everything, what would you say is your favorite? I mean, hands down, I have to go with my rack, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's so like you... one of the only things I ever wanted. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I couldn't be happier, any more happy than I am with it. You know, if it does everything I need and and then some. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I would say that's my definitely my favorite mod. So what uh what other mods do you still plan to get, or or do you? Um. I do want to do some some stuff still. Um, I try to base my mods mostly off of functionality. I don't. Um, I don't want to say I don't do it for the looks. Obviously, of course, we all want our rig to look good. Um, but I, I prioritize most of my mods by functionality, like what what I really need. Um, you know, skid plates. We need protection. The, the tires. You know, obviously, we need good tires for off roading. The the wheels, obviously, I was like, well, they came at me. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Uh, I got my Midland radio because of communications that's important on the trails, you know. So, um, honestly, you know, um, a big thing that I was trying to upgrade was my lights. Recently, I was trying to, you know, redo all my lights, and I think I pretty much got those dialed in. So, if I had to say anything, the next few things I might do are going to be uh, performance wise. Um, I will probably do the Crawford intake spacers and I'll probably get an intake system unless I can find someone to make me uh, a snorkel, oh, which nice. I'm working on. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. So, um, but yeah, if I can get somebody to do that for us, then that's, that's the next thing on the list. I, you know, I want to, Oh, and then I do want to finish upgrading the suspension stuff. I, you know, I, I, want to replace the trailing arms and the lower control arms and stuff to make them stronger. So those are the functionality things that I, that I usually go for. Um, so yeah, I think those are going to be next on the list soon. Yeah. Now here's the tough question. If you had to get rid of all of your mods, but one, which one would you keep? <laughs> uh, I would keep the bumper with the witch. I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to say that they're one piece. So the bumper with the winch is probably the, the number one thing I would keep because that that's perfect in what you need when you're trailing by yourself. You know, you get stuck, um, you could do self-recovery yeah. over other vehicles. So I think that would be like the number one thing that I absolutely would not get rid of. Yeah, that's good. And uh, if uh, or what would you say has been the most useful mod? Uh, most useful mod would probably be the suspension, being able to clear obstacles and, uh, go on trails that I probably couldn't do stock height. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I would say that's the most useful as much as I love the winch and it's great for recovery. I've never had to recover myself. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Because, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's good to have, you know, just for peace of mind no, yeah, in case sure. there's yeah. something that happens and you're like, Oh, well, yeah. okay. I need this now. Right. And, you know, yeah. and like I told you, man, I, when I got the Forester, I was planning like family trips, you know, and I was, I, I just didn't want to get stuck with the family by ourselves. I, I wasn't planning yeah. on 
being in these huge trail <laughs> runs and, and all this stuff. So it's, you know, it's, I think that's where my mod list came from was thinking alone stuff, you know? Yeah. So yeah. do you, do you get out with your family and, and go camping and stuff? We do. So I don't, we don't camp as often as, as we would like to. Um, but we definitely trail together. Um, before, or when I first got the Forester and we started trailing, I would take the family with me. So they've gone to most of the trail runs that I've been on. They have been with me. Um, and of course, Erica got hooked on the off-roading and ended up buying <laughs> a forerunner. <laughs> yep. So we, we do trail together. Um, sometimes we'll take both rigs. Sometimes we only take one. Uh, but yeah, we do we family trail, man. So both my kids love trailing. Um, that's awesome. And Erica has gone on her girls run without me and takes the kids and the kids have a blast. So they definitely, they like to off-road. They, they like the outdoors. So off-road and camping is their jam for sure. Yeah. You mentioned a rooftop tent earlier. Did you, are you planning on getting one? Um, yeah, I've come pretty close to buying one probably about 13 times already. <laughs> um, <laughs> The only thing is, like I'll tell you, functionality is very important to me. You know, I have a family of four. We have a lot of connections out there with the community and vendors. And a lot of times they give us really sweet deals being involved with them. But sometimes they're just not the size I need. So a lot of them are like two-man tents um, or they're super bulky. Yeah. Um, you know, I still want something that's, you know, kind of slim. But has, yeah, sleek, but has the space for the four of us. And we have two dogs now we have a german shepherd and a husky that come along with us so i need to make sure that they have space too you know so i haven't bought one yet because i'm so undecisive um <laughs> that's okay and, you know yeah so but it's in the works um definitely i got a couple on my radar that i'm trying to choose between um but then, like I said, sometimes I'm like, oh, I would rather spend that money on this because this is going to be a little bit more functional. Yeah. We've got a, a floor tent that we can sleep in, so it's not a big deal, you know? So, yeah, you know, I'm very indecisive when it comes to a rooftop tent. <laughs> That's okay, you know. I mean, you've got, it sounds like you have pretty much everything that you want and really need to yeah. do these overland trips. So. Um, and, and everything that you said that you get is functional. So it's not like you can't go camping unless you have a rooftop tent, you know? So. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind throwing the tent out, man. It's, you know, plus I have a gazelle, so it takes me oh, man. literally a minute. Yeah. Those <laughs> so, are awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love They're it, the man. Best. So it's not, it's really not that bad. <laughs> no, no. So, you know, when you first started looking at doing mods and stuff for your Forester and y'all were kind of having trouble with your, with your model and everything, if you knew somebody that had just bought a Forester or really, I guess, any Subaru like for overlanding, overland use, and they asked what mod they should get first, what would you recommend? Um, honestly, I would probably say, you know, tires and skid plates would be like the number one things to get for sure. Yeah. Yep. You know? The, the foresters, you know, even the cross tracks too, they come with a, a pretty decent amount of ground clearance already. Um, so for sure, you know, some good tires um, and skid plates just to be safe. I think those would be like the first things that anybody should do. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't suggest doing what I did, which I'm sure I think I've heard maybe about 85% of your podcast, uh, guests say that they bought tires with the stock wheels. And then later on, switched <laughs> the entire setup to tires again with the wheels. Yeah. So I, I am no different. I did exactly the same thing. You know, I bought my all-terrain tires for the stocks. And then when I got the icon wheels, I was like, well, I need new tires. <laughs> they were only a couple months old. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say. That's what I would recommend to anybody. No, it's a good answer. And uh, so getting out on the trails and everything, um, you know, especially when you're with other people and you've, if you got some technical stuff or really just anything, I guess, talk about the importance of using radios when you're out on the trails and why they should be considered. Yeah, so I think um, communication is probably the number one life-saving tool that we can have out on the trails. Um, Communication while you're off-roading is definitely needed um, to be able to talk to, you know, your point people, to be able to talk to the tail end of the trail, of the trail run people, Um, you know, if there's obstacles. If anybody gets in an accident, if there's oncoming traffic, you know, a lot of these trails that we, that everybody goes on, you know, there's motorcycles that are out there and there's other people, you know, going the opposite, the opposite direction. So communication is key. Communication is number one to be able to let everybody know what's going on. Um, so yeah. not only is it good to, to know that it's a safety thing, you know what I mean? If somebody's stranded, then, you know, we're really big on not leaving people behind when we do trail runs. Um, so communication is number one for us is, you know, for everybody to have comms and, you know, I have mine built into the car, but I also have my handhelds that I take with me and anyone that doesn't have one, I usually let somebody borrow them and, you know, I want to make sure that everybody communicates and everybody can hear what's going on. You know, if somebody, like I said, if somebody gets hurt, um, not even just that, like we're, we're talking, you know, one of the safety things I always give during our trail runs is making sure that everybody stays hydrated. You know, we're in the car all day. Mm-hmm. Um, sun is blazing through the windows, even though we're sitting in the AC and we're chilling, a lot of people don't hydrate and they get dehydrated while we're trailing and they start feeling weak. And, you know, that's a, that's a safety issue. So, you know, having that communication, being able to get on the radio, say, Hey, um, I'm, I'm blurry. I'm seeing blurry or something's wrong with me. I'm about to pass out or just something, right. Is, is, is good to know. So we can halt movement and render first aid or if somebody gets hurt or anything like that, you know? So that's, that's my, my spew on, uh, on communication and radios. Yeah. They can also be fun because I know when we were out in Colorado and I was trailing with, uh, Juan and Chris, um, we had the radios going and we were just like chit chatting and cracking up and stuff like that. So it was yeah. fun, but, but it was also important because when you're coming around and you're kind of coming around a blind spot, if you're in the front and you see some people on four wheelers or something, you right. can notify the people in the back that, Hey, you've got some four wheelers or another car or something coming around the corner. And so yeah. like, I could see where those were really useful for that. And then, 
you know, if you're trying to go over something technical, you can get out of the car and right, watch the go, person yeah. and help them with their lines and, you know, driver or yep. passenger. And so, you know, I experienced all of that when I was out there. So that was, that was pretty cool. That's the, I think only the, yeah. I've only done that twice where I've helped, you know, used radios, but I don't get out. Oh, of okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Like that's definitely one thing. And you're right. Um, they are fun. We do chit chat throughout the time. Um, <laughs> unless like something important, we'll just say break, 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 you know, and that oh, yeah, cuts all course. communications. And then, and then we talk, um, important stuff. And then, you know, when, <laughs> when Chris was around, he would be, uh, blaring Rihanna or some kind of <laughs> chip music on the radio. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you get to know how people are, uh, Joe from Off-Road Passion SoCal, he likes to sing on the radio. So usually when <laughs> it's quiet, he gets on there and he'll serenade everybody. So yeah, it's, it, they're fun just as much as they are for business. You know, they are. Yeah. For sure. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, so I guess like going into your your Forester, not, not including any mods that you have on the inside and out, or outside, but... What is your like favorite feature of the Forester? Um, one for the inside and one for the outside. Honestly, the orange man. <laughs> yeah, the orange trim on the exterior, and then like the orange stitching on the inside. That those are the things that drew my attention, that caught my eye when I pulled into a dealership. Um, and honestly, that's probably the only reason I bought the car was because of all the <laughs> orange, the orange on it. It just, I, it just made the car stand out and look totally different and look great it so, does it really adds yeah. to the overall <laughs> yeah. look of it yeah so definitely those are my favorite things some people cover them up but i i i love it i love the orange and it's easy to spot yeah. a uh, sport because of that yeah absolutely yeah 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 um so we I, I was looking through your pictures and stuff and i saw that you have uh luno life mattresses what what's your experience been like with that so i've only got to use it one time in the actual car um <laughs> um and this was you know during uh during covid you know working long hours at the hospital like i said i, I commute an hour there an hour back yeah so you know i was working 16 to 20 hour shifts and really just taking two hours of drive time per per shift would cut into my sleep and i'd only get maybe three and a half hours of sleep in between like shifts so easy that's that's really why I bought the Luna mattress was because I was like, okay, I'm going to throw it in the car and, you know, we have showers at the hospital. I can take clothes. So then that's what I would do. I would, you know, I, I bought it to inflate in the car and sleep in the car for a couple of hours and then go back to work. So, um, but other than that, I've used it camping a handful of times, but for ground sleeping, you know, I've, yeah, that's yeah. how, that's how versatile they are. Not only are they great for the car, they're really comfortable to throw on the floor. They're, you know, they're still kind of slim, mm -hmm. but they hold air great. And they're, they're super comfortable. And I've, yeah, I throw them on the floor and I use them in, in the tent, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. There's, they're, they're uh, it, it's cool how they, the way that they make them fit for each vehicle. Yeah. And, and you know what? And they're always um, expanding the types of vehicles that they fit. Yeah. You know? That's cool. So that's, that's a cool thing that they're constantly, you know, every time I go on there and I see a new vehicle added, you know, um, when we got the forerunner, they didn't have one for the forerunner. Now they do. Oh, <laughs> nice. Know? 
So I was like, sweet, you know, yeah. but, but you know, a lot of these two will, will kind of fit, even though they're fitted for a certain car, I have heard of people using them in other, other vehicles and, you know, they might not fit perfect, but they definitely fit. And, you know, so they're universal to a certain extent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So go and, you know, now that you've, or since you have an overland vehicle and you get out a lot, where have been some of your favorite places to go? Um, I would say, you know, like camping wise, we've gone to like Joshua Tree. Um, Joshua Tree is a really cool place. You know, we, we camp there and then they have trails that we can go on. Um, and then, you know, honestly, most of the other stuff that I've used the Forester for has been for just trails. Um, you know, we usually when we camp, we, we park, so park and throw the tent up. So it's a little bit different, but yeah. Um, I would say like my favorite, one of my favorite trail runs is, is city Creek up in big bear. You know, it's, it's in the Hills. you got some switchbacks. It's a, a moderate course, moderate to easy. Um, you know, and during the winter, you'll hit snow. Um, you'll nice. even hit mud. So, and it, you know, you start at the base of Big Bear, and it kind of takes you up towards, like, the middle to the top. Um, so that's, like, one of my other favorite areas to go in. Um, you know, out here in California, we, we have a lot of desert trailing, but um, we do have a couple of little foresty areas, and those are usually my favorite, like, going through water crossings and stuff like that, so... Yeah, water crossings are fun. I've done it a few times. Yeah, well, maybe no, just a couple of times, I guess. But yeah, those are those are fun. Yeah. Um, do you have like a? Is there like a spot that you know of that you is kind of like a bucket list place that you'd love to go explore with your forester? Honestly, I want to go to. I want to take it to either Utah. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody goes, where is it? Horseshoe Bend? That's where everyone goes? I think so. I I, uh, I have, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Moab, I hear Moab a lot. Oh, yeah, Moab too, yeah. So those are, I've never been there. Um, I've definitely never been there to camp. So I would love to to take the forester out there um, and get some sweet pictures like everybody else does. And, and you know, hopefully by then I'll have a rooftop tent. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll make it easier. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, that's that's definitely like one of the places I want to go to. Um, you know, just because of the views and and the sites that they have, like that's I think that's one of the definite spots I want to go to. Yeah, there's there's some really nice spots out in West Texas that I need to try to make it out to, especially sometime this spring and during the summer cuz I just now that I have the car and I've got the, 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 you know, the wheels and tires and the skid plates, mm-hmm. I want to get out and do more this, this, um, next spring and summer, try to find some spots. Cause I just, I need to be more intentional about it, you know? Yeah. It's hard, man. It's, it's hard. Like work, you know, you work full time Yeah. and now you're running the podcast. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I get it. It's, it's, it gets difficult and time runs out really fast. So yeah, you just got to try to make that time. Yeah, I know I can, at least, you know, at some point, but definitely need to start doing something because um, it gets, uh, yeah, it gets lonely. <laughs> Just, you know, I mean, I, I get out and drive my car a lot around where I live just because I don't want to be in my apartment all the time, 24-7. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, 
But uh, so what what about your Forester has surprised you the most about its capabilities? Oh, I would say, I mean, pretty much all the things that we can do with it, man. I mean, the, the fun snow and the mud, dirt, sand. Um, I myself haven't gotten stuck. That's good. Um, I like to, to say I'm a pretty good driver. Um, I, you know, like I said, I come from a long, long time of off-roading and stuff, but this is a little bit different. Um, but I'm pretty surprised on the, some of the things I've done. Like, you know, I, I, when I went to Joshua tree, I, I went up there, you know, and we did some trails and there was some pretty good, decent sized rock obstacles and stuff. And the forester made it through like no problem. You know, I, I got a little ding on the rock spiders, but that's what they're for. Yeah, um, yeah. but, um, yeah, it, it made it through and, you know, I've climbed through, you know, some, some pretty steep areas and well, shit, it saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's safety capabilities are amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm pretty surprised at like how great, you know, it works or how functional it is. I mean, I know that there's still issues and a lot of people complain about the CBT, but if you know how to drive and you know, you have the right tools, you, you should be okay. Yeah. So, and like also getting out to trails and stuff when you're talking about rocks, cause that's, I know it's really important for that. Um, but I mean, it's just important general when you're out on the trails, but what, what would you say would be like a recommended PSI to air down to? Um, if you're doing, if you're, if you're doing it for comfort, then, you know, dropping down to, you know, 28 is probably fine. But if you're, if you're actually going through rocky areas, um, I usually air down to between, uh, anywhere from 18 to 24, depending on the terrain. Um, I think 18 has been the lowest I've gone down and that's like a super rocky area that, you know, I want the tires to kind of wrap around, but I think anything lower than that, you're risking, you know, breaking your bead. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you don't know how to reseal that or to get it, <laughs> you know, back, then you're, yeah, you're, you're out of luck. Yeah. yeah. So yeah 18 to 24 is usually where i go um even if it's like a fairly easy to moderate trail that's not super rocky i still kind of air down to like low 20s just to just for the comfort yeah Um, it's so much more comfortable when you air down yeah definitely makes a huge difference yeah so what uh what what uh type of essential gear do you take with you when you go out over landing um, so I do have my, my nomad box in the trunk and I usually have, uh, my air pump, you know, traction boards. I have my shovel. Um, I have a, the tool roll. So then I have, you know, sockets and wrenches. Um, I usually take an impact gun. Um, let's see what else essential. And then just essential recovery gear, you know, toe straps, snatch, snatch straps, um, I, I want to say that's pretty much all I usually like essential wise that I take with me. Yeah. That, that would be recovery stuff. And then like, Oh, and I do have like a tire, um, plug kit just in case. Oh, that's like, good. You, you know, I usually, I have those in all my, or I always have them in my vehicles, but, um, yeah, I usually take a plug kit. So then that, that'll, you know, if you get a nail or something, then you can plug it 
Um, the only time that's not beneficial is if you blow your tire through the sidewall, which yeah. does happen when you're trailing. So, um, and then of course my spare tire. <laughs> yeah. If you were, if you were told that you could only take one thing with you when you went out to go hit some trails, what would it be? Oh man. Yeah, um, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shoot, I, I would say, I would probably say an air pump. Yeah. Yeah, I would say air pump because you can, by airing down, you can probably get through a lot of different terrain, you know, sand, mud, snow, uh, super soft or hard. Um, so I think airing down as low as you can safely would get you out of getting stuck or out of a certain obstacle. And having that pump would be essential to be able to air back up so you don't blow that bead. Yeah. I would say, yeah, yeah so I would say air pump. That's good. Um, do you have any, like, or, like, a crazy story? Because I'm sure you have some. But did you have, like, one crazy story that you can tell about being out on the trails? That maybe something we haven't heard about? Uh, um, dang, any crazy stories? No, I honestly can't say I do. I mean, most of the stuff we we run pretty safely, and uh, no, I don't. I don't think I have anything crazy. Just some fun. Yeah. Well, fun story then. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. Let's see. Um. I. I mean, I guess I can go back to one of our big bear runs. I mean, you know, it was nice. It was tight knit. It was. Uh. You know. Chris was still around and, and we did a small little, little intimate trail. Um, you know, uh, it was pretty cool. It was, it was on the opposite side of big bear. Um, it had some good obstacles that we got to go through doing, you know, we called it a content run So we did, you know, pictures and videos and yeah, all that good fun stuff. Um, you know, I, I would say that's probably like my most, uh, memorable fun just chill hey you know i honestly don't have any cool stories <laughs> <laughs> you need to go get some yeah i know man i mean yeah. like, i'm like dang no, i mean we cool. usually have like you know when we have trail runs we have people out there messing around but um we usually try to keep that to a bare minimum yeah know, just for safety reasons but, yeah of course yeah dang you got me on that one man yeah all right well we'll move on to the next one um, if you, if you had an opportunity to meet up with three people in the community that you have not met in person to like hang out and have a drink or, or whatever, um, who would they be? Uh, in the community? Mm-hmm. Let me think. You know, I really want to hang out with, um, the, uh, the rugged root crew people for yeah. sure. I've been I've been wanting to Chris and I both had been wanting to meet up with them for a while. Um I think it'd be awesome to to be able to meet some of them and uh hang out. Um so that I would say that's one for sure. Um I definitely want I would love to meet um oh I can't remember his name. Uh Fawz operator. Uh oh, yeah, great. Jordan. Yes. From over yes. in France. Yes. So 
that I think that would be super dope to to be able to hang out and shoot even trail with them. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> man, that would be be like, man, we can't keep up with this guy. Yeah, man. And then uh, the third one, I would say, I would you know, I don't know if you can consider Buck, Bucky Lasik as part of the uh, the Overland community, but he's definitely part of the Subaru community. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, we we I, yeah, I don't think I've never actually met him met him i've never talked to him yeah i've seen him in a distance you know but i've never actually said so i think it would be awesome to to be able to talk to him and chill kind of how you have <laughs> yeah yeah no he's a really great guy and it was it was yeah. cool because like when i was at boxer fest be like just kind of watching him go around and just talk to people you know like yeah. he's just part of the, the you know this subi community i mean he wasn't yeah, like cool. he wasn't like some you can't approach me kind of guy. I mean, he was going right. out and, you know, going around to people's cars and taking videos and stuff. So it was really cool. Um, you know, yeah. seeing like this celebrity status guy, you know, out there. Right. Yeah. That's being cool. cool with everybody, you know, In, you know, adventure that da- Greg adventure dad wagon used to be one of the guys that, um, like for the longest time, I'm like, man, that would be amazing to meet this dude. Like, you know, he's, he's, He's got a huge following in the Overland Subaru community. Um, I remember I used to talk to him when I was a nobody, and I, I, I'm still a nobody. No, but, um, <laughs> he didn't even like I, when I had just started. I used to talk to him because I would watch his posts, and I'm like, oh, and you know, he was always with his family camping. Yeah, and I used to always try to interact with him. Like you know, he would post his questions, and I would be like, oh yeah, I want to do that with my family. Like oh, and like you know, I always commented always interacted with him fanboy never yeah yeah well not a huge <laughs> fanboy but you know but no, yeah i know what you much. mean but um yeah i was always just like that dude's cool like he does everything i want like i thought he just camped with his family for a living like <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah it was great um so but it was great meeting him having him having him come out here and and being able to host a nice little event for him like i i think so you know, I have to scratch him off my list because now I know him, <laughs> you know, and I and I talk to him pretty frequently. <laughs> yeah, he is a really great guy, and I was like, yeah, I was glad that he ended up going to Boxer Fest because he was one yeah, that, that was I cool. wanted to meet too. And he like came over to the hotel, you know, me and him and his wife Zoe, we just hung out and chatted for a while and stuff, and then got mm-hmm. to see them at Boxer Fest and hang out there. And they're just like super chill people. He's yeah, he has this huge following, but he's just so down to earth and just really right. just cool and talks to everybody. And yeah. 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 You know, actually, now that I think about it, I got my trigger controller from him um, because he posted, he was getting this new switch set up and I immediately hit him up. I hadn't even met him yet. And like, he wasn't even part of software nation and, it, and I hit, hit him up and I was like, Hey, what are you going to do with your trigger controller? <laughs> <laughs> I want it. You know? Yeah. And he laughed and he goes, well, I, I might sell it if, Oh, he got that S pod. That's what it was. He goes, we don't know if the S pod's going to work in the, in the Outback or like, if it's going to fit, but I'll tell you what, he's like, if it works, I'll sell it to you. And nice. he, he gave me a price and I was like, damn, that's, that's a damn good price. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I'll take you know, it. He shipped it out. Yeah. So he hit me up a couple, like maybe a week or two later. And he's like, all right, man, it's yours. Like, it, you know, I'll ship it out to you. So, you know, yeah. So he got me my uh, trigger controller. I, I ended up having issues with it later, you know, older model. 
So Trigger Trigger sent me out a, a new one, which is nice. Um, yeah, that's so I good. Getting, I got another one from them, so now it's updated. But um, yeah, yeah, Greg's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Um, so h- how would you say that owning your Forester has changed your life? Other than saving it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was just going to say, well, it saved my life. But um, honestly, I think um, it it made my life for the better. Like uh, like I said, I'm, I'm a very... Um, a very private person um and it, i feel like it took me out of that um you know I, I met chris and created or added to my family um and i mean look like i'm running soccer nation you know and i was running it with him but you know i'm still trying to spearhead this community with with soccer nation and trying to improve it um so i would say Owning my Forester has definitely changed my life and and made it better. Um, it got my wife out of the house and, and to meet people, which was also a, a great thing, you know, for her to be part of the same community that I am. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would I would say for sure. <laughs> yeah. Now you got to run Soft Road Nation with that Neil guy. Yeah, you know, that <laughs> Neil guy, um, he's got a lot of work to do, but... Uh, <laughs> Nah, he, he's, he, he's making it happen. He's making it happen. I know. He's got to fine tune some stuff. <laughs> poor Neil. Everybody picks on him. He's just too easy to pick on, man. Yeah, he's a good guy. It was it was nice meeting him. It was nice meeting you. It was nice meeting your wife. It was just cool. It was really cool coming out there and getting to meet so many people that I've been following for so long, and uh, you know, go out there for a good cause too. Yeah, I'm really glad that you made it out. It was it was nice. Um, like you said, it was nice to meet you. Yeah, and I felt like I knew you, like I knew you way before I even, you know, ever imagined. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it felt comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I know it was it was nice because we had all been chatting for so long, and it was just very yeah. comfortable to come out there and just like, hey, how's it going? And I still have to always thank Yvette because she was messaging me saying you should come out, and I was like, well, if I did, I'd have to come out early on Sunday and then fly back on Sunday because you know I got to go back to work on Monday. Yeah. And she goes, but Monday's a holiday. I was like. Oh, well, that solves that. So I'm going to fly out. Oh, I'm on my way. <laughs> yep. Fly out Sunday, come back Monday. So that's what I that's did. That's true. Yeah. Monday was a holiday. Yep. Uh, yeah. It didn't hit me. And then she said that. And I was like, oh, sweet. Because I didn't want to go and like only be able to be there for a few. I mean, I would I would have done it anyway. But right. it was just like, you know, it would, I was like, man, it's going to suck. I'm actually like go there, only be there for a few hours and not really get to enjoy myself. And, <clears> you know, meet everybody and hang out and stuff. And then when she told me it was holiday i'm like okay i'm there no yeah i think it was perfect man it was perfect that you got to come out and uh you know we we didn't expect anything from you as far as that recording went (laughs) we just you know we were just happy to have you out there um you know it meant a lot to us for sure yeah it was it was nice to be able to come out there and see my other family yeah and i'm glad you got to see firsthand the community that we work hard to build Yes, that was yeah. that was really cool for me because I don't have that out here. I mean, there's right. groups out here, but it's it's just not the same, you know. It's yeah. uh and 
So, because like there's Space City Subies out here, which is great because they do get together and stuff, but it's more WRXs and STIs and Impresas yeah. and stuff like that, which I've met some of the people and they're like great people. But since I'm more kind of like on the overland side, it's a little bit, you know, and, and plus like I've been following all of y'all more because it's kind of like you get together with people of similar builds and right. not that you don't talk to the other people, but it's like, this is what I like to do. And these other people like right. to do it too. Yeah. Just like the WRXs and the STIs, you know, they have more street performance tuner cars. Right. Yeah. So those are the kind of people themselves. that they, yeah. yeah, they, they, they hang out with those people. So, um, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just different, you know, um, preferences of what you want to do and what kind of car right. you end up buying. But so to meet yeah. all of y'all was like really, really cool and see, especially to see all of your builds like in person. That was really cool. Right. No, it made yeah, mine cool, look man. stock. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's, see, that's why we were trying to get you a lift and wheels and tires. We're trying to yeah, you know, help a brother you. out. We're trying to get you out there, you know? Yeah, I'll get that lift on eventually. Yeah, I was going to say, eventually you'll get that lift on. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at least it's here. At least I've got it, so... Like oh, yeah, that. for sure. Um, what, what would you say is your, I mean, I guess it's probably a similar answer, but what would you say is your favorite thing about owning your Forester? Yeah, I would say the community. Um, and just having the ability to go out on trails and be, you know, meet people and be with people. I think that's, you know, one of my favorite things for sure. Just, you know, being part of this community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... Uh, I just, I know a lot of people kind of say it, feel it, think it, that it's like they've never experienced anything like being a part of the Subaru community. And huge, huge shout out to Subaru for making such a great car, making a very safe car. And then all the things that Subaru does for the community, like Subi Fest and the Subaru Love Promise, you know, they just, as a car company, I just like, I don't really, I'm not familiar with what a lot of the other car companies do, but just from what I've heard, I don't know that any other car company does as much as Subaru does for their buying public and just being involved in the community of Subaru owners and then outside of the community and just doing great things. So huge shout out to Subaru. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Huge, huge shout out to them. They are, they are a great great company for sure yeah and i'm thankful every single day that i bought the car that i did and that i'm a part of all of this and that i get to you know talk to all of you and um give people something to listen to on mondays and have people on here to talk about their cars and the community and things they like to do it's um you know, it gives me purpose and it's, uh, it's just something that I feel like I was supposed to do. Yeah, I agree, man. I think you, you were meant to do this for sure. You're, you, you bought that Subaru for a reason. Yeah. And it wasn't cause it was manual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was oh, one yeah. of the reasons, but yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I would have never imagined that I would be here doing this. Yeah, man, I think it's cool. It's a great accomplishment that you have, and you know you're doing amazing, you're doing Thank amazing you. things in the community. And I hope that that you continue to to prosper in this whole community. 
yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so much more that I will be able to do and that I will do. It's just a matter of time and, you know, building up more of a following and getting some yeah. more, getting to where I can do this more full time. And, uh, yeah. cause doing this full time will just give me more time to, 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 when I can just focus solely on this and the Subaru community and not other things, then yeah. it'll be so much, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy cause it's going to be work, but I'm willing, like I'm ready to just go f- all in and just give, give everything I've got for, for this community. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's something that makes you happy. And, and I think that the desire to have that happiness is going to push you to work harder, you know, than yeah. you would at any other job. Yeah. So, oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's just, you know, I have to thank everybody out there that listens every week, you know, showing up every week to, to listen to the episodes. I know yeah. I've been saying it like a broken record, but the <laughs> podcast wouldn't exist if it, if people weren't listening to it, you know? So right. I got to thank everybody well, listening agree, and sharing. Man. Yeah. So, well, I don't think I have any other questions right now. Um, like I said, you had me at <laughs> driving your car off of a cliff, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's me, man. Uh, you know, that'll forever be in the history books. <laughs> yeah, but uh, again, props to uh, the safety of Subaru. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I need to write them... Uh, I think I wrote them one time, you know, because Subaru, I don't know if anybody knows, but Subaru has like on their website, you can go on there and, you know, people can, it's like the uh, customer stories and yeah. like, you can put, like, you know, some people put, put their accidents. So actually that's where I, I started seeing how safe the Subarus were, like going in there and like reading everybody's accidents. I, I've seen cars in there that got T-boned and smashed between two cars and like, yeah, I walked out fine. Yeah. Like, it's actually pretty great. And I, I did write them initially. Um, I actually, I need to check to see if they ever posted it or not, yeah. <laughs> but, but I did, I did write about the accident and like posted a couple of pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting yeah. to see those pictures. Yeah. Maybe I'll send you some so you can, so you can see the, uh, okay. The, uh, the Holy spirit out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for taking the time to do this, John. It was uh, it was nice chatting with you. It's cool because you know we already know each other, so it made it made it yeah. fun. And not that it, they're not fun, but just I guess a little more comfortable. And uh, right, yeah, just glad to finally get you on because you've uh, been on here several times talking about other things. But <laughs> it's time to talk about your rig and a little bit about you. Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, it was fun. You have a good night, and uh, I will talk to you later. All right, brother. You too. All right. Thanks. Okay, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of the new year of 2022. I hope you all enjoyed that with Overlanding RT. I think that may have been a little bit of a surprise to uh, Soft Road Nation because he told me that he wasn't going to tell anybody that he was going to be on. Kind of like when Neil was on the episode, he didn't tell any of Soft Road Nation that he was going to be on here. So thanks again, everybody, for showing up every week and listening to these episodes and checking out some of your friends that are on here. If you're not already doing so, go give John a follow. That's overlanding underscore RT and check out his build and all of his content. So I am going to finish this out with the outro music 
and I'm going to let it play through the end like I do on the Wednesday episodes. So I hope you all enjoy it, and I hope you all have a great week. We will see you on Wednesday for the news segment, and then next Monday for another new episode. Take care, Subi fam, and happy trailing. Happy trailing.